from the proscenium <laughs> the podcast from the proscenium film society where we talk about filmmaking and film watching this is quick cuts we are reviewing the movie pet cemetery spelled wrong pet cemetery so dustin have you seen the movie yes i went and saw it yesterday i saw it friday no, bum, you bum, did bum. really. I did. I wanted God to surprise bless you. Bless America. I wanted to surprise you with. I could participate in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low blow. <laughs> well, it's only it's first time one of the few times we can review a movie we both have watched. Yes, as a quick cut. That's new. Yes. Although Tim's trying to convince me to go see the the movie that will not be named. That one. Avengers. Avengers. Before we get into the review. Yes. I want to do our grades and evaluations and then talk it talk it through. We're and giving see. it the grade first. Yeah, and then we'll see if our grades change based on our conversation. Oh, okay. That's a good That's a good. So I, I can go out and I give it a C. I give it a C. <laughs> God, that's gonna be, this is going to be awful. All right, let's see if we can talk ourselves into a B. <laughs> or at least a C plus. Okay. Well, and then, but you have the popcorn grinder score. So I don't have that. So give that one later. Okay. I would give the popcorn grinder yeah. scale. So question, have you read the book? No, I have not read the book, nor did I see the 1989 movie. Ha! This is my first introduction to this story, this world, these characters, and everything. Okay. Which I thought that would be an interesting take on it, since I knew nothing about... I went in with no expectations other than I knew it came from Stephen King, and there was a movie before. Okay. I've... Yes, I've done all of them. Yes. <laughs> what did I've you even give? seen Pet Cemetery too. So what did you give the 1989 Pet Cemetery? I don't like the 1989 one. Is that a C or below C? Um, is this is the new one better? Um, yes. How about the book? The book is the better. The book, the book, is, the, the book is top of them all? Yeah, because Pet Cemetery is actually my favorite Stephen King novel. So when I was going into this movie, I was really wanting to like it. But I will say this. I think going into it, I knew in my mind, in the far recesses of my brain, that it was going to be a C movie. I was hoping it wasn't going to be, but I just knew. This is probably a movie made for, as I often say, I'm going to call this horror light with a little h. For people who want to like horror movies but don't want to watch The Exorcist. And that's what this is. And it works for that. Do you think anyone actually is scared from watching this movie? Yes, I know for a fact they were. I'll get to that story in a minute. Okay. I don't see how, but... <laughs> All right, so what's it about, Tim? It's a guy who didn't know about it. I. It's. Are we doing spoilers or no spoilers? Wait, pause. Do you want to do... Not really pause, but do you want to do a spoiler and a non-spoiler one? And they could choose? Let's start with spoilers, uh, with non-spoilers. And then we can say... From now on, it's spoilers, so people can drop off if they don't want to. The Terminator just drove by. Yeah, <laughs> he was in line to see Pet Cemetery and left the movie in the. So line. wait, you said you do want to do spoilers? Well, we'll start with let's non-spoilers. Do, yeah, let's yeah, we'll not start do with spoilers, non-spoilers, and, then, and then, we'll see. then then move into spoilers, so people don't want to be spoiled. They can turn All us right. off. Take two. Yeah, this is non-spoilers. All right, so take two. All right, Tim. <laughs> you can cut that. Take two. Take three. Take three. Whatever. Take three. What is the movie about, guy who didn't know? It's about a family that moves to apparently Maine. Maine, yes. This is like a quiz. And unbeknownst <laughs> to them, on their land is a pet cemetery. 
Yes. That has been used for generations. Generations. Where the townspeople have a ceremony where they bring their dead pets in and bury them on their land. Yes. And weird things happen. Weird things happen. Well, then it gets even weirder because there's a weirder spot beyond the cemetery that being supernatural things happen. Yes, way back in the mountains. Is that a spoiler or is that part That's of the That's not story? a spoiler, it's just the plot. No, but what what does that special land do? Is that spoiler? Well, we can talk about that because that's a... Uh... That's one of Stephen King's weaknesses when he writes, is he falls back heavily on kind of stereotypes and tropes. So this particular stereotype he's using is like the magical Native American lands. And the Wendigo. Yeah. Which, do you know what the actual Wendigo does? Yes, I was researching it today. Oh, were you? And it has nothing to do with the Wendigo. No, it's about cannibalism. Yeah, cannibalism. And and it was the story the Native Americans told about famine and being greedy yeah it's pretty much a parable about if you are greedy you become one of these awful wendigos yeah and they eat and yeah, yeah induces cannibalism right i don't know why and, it's I, don't, contag- and I can't remember the book if that's what they say or not and it's contagious apparently if you spend yeah. too much time around them you become one correct it's mentioned by name in the movie once yes but you don't see it yeah can we talk but about- anyway so the main the main character Lewis, I guess his name is, is played by Jason Clark, who I actually like. And his wife, Rachel, is played by Amy Simitz, who I thought was... The acting in the movie was good. I disagree. Um, oh, okay. But um, <laughs> he moves from Boston, and he's an ER doctor, to rural Maine, and he gets a job at a university, because his, the university his, hospital. Because his life has been too hectic in Boston. Because he wants family time. Right. Yeah. And so he's there with his family... Um, he encounters kind of a traumatic experience with a student who is hit and he can't save him, which is kind of what pushes the plot forward. And that's all I'll say there. But that's in the book. So, But anyway, I th- so I will say, do you want me to give my positives first since you've seen it? Sure. Um, I thought the acting was really well done, um, especially the little girl who was played by, G- I don't know how to say her name. We'll just call I'll, her Ellie. I'll butcher, her- I'll butcher the name. Yeah, it's Ellie. Um, she was really good. I thought all the acting was good. Um, I thought the first half of the movie was better than the last half. I disagree. A lot of people do. That's not a comment. I feel <laughs> the first half felt more like the novel. The creepiness was there. The atmosphere. Because the novel is very atmospheric. There's not a lot. So, like, when I heard they were doing this, I figured they were going to pull an it move and do... We're going to do a loose... Adapt, not loose, but we're going to do a an adaptation and pull out all the good stuff of the it novel without doing a 2,000-page adaptation, which it pulled off well. This, I don't think, pulled, off, pulled it off as well because I don't believe King adaptations are that good that often. There's a few that are, but his books... I don't think are the easiest to adapt. Ask Stanley Kubrick. He did it well, but King does not like that. Right. Stephen King, if you'll be on the show, you can come to the show. Right. <laughs> right. So you don't like the acting? I don't, I'm not sure it's the acting or the direction they were given. Okay. But I didn't find, I didn't feel there was any family bonding at all. It almost felt, it almost felt like the husband and wife ended up having to adopt their nephews and niece because they're <laughs> it, it's, uh, the, when the four of them got together it felt like there was no chemistry it's like 
here's two kids who've never met these two adults, and these two adults have no idea how to parent two kids. My did, yeah. Do you think that's because of the adaptation? Having having not read the book, I don't know what. Because I think the that I think you can were. chalk that up to they tried to rush some things because the book is I think 500 pages long. I and that gets me to my one major problem with the movie. In that I didn't believe any of the motivation. The character motivation was off for me. Like, I don't know why John Lithgow, who I liked a lot in the movie, actually. I don't know why the John Lithgow character takes him to the evil part of the cemetery. Whereas in the book, it fleshes that out because it has longer to do so. It it seemed like there was a a big question mark in my mind. Yeah, in the movie, he's just like, got an idea. Let's take that dead cat up here. Where it wouldn't make sense. "Does, Does your daughter love the cat? Yes. Then let's do you go love your do daughter? It. Yes. Well, then follow me. Right. Okay. Even after, spoiler alert, even after the dead kid <laughs> shows up and tells him not to go there. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Some of the motivation was off. I think they spent more time on Rachel's background than the protagonist. But her background felt like it was thrown in there because they needed Which some. it is in the book. That stuff is in the book. But there's more stuff that builds up. Lewis's character in the book that I think they glossed over, which I think is what you're saying. It makes it feel flat. Right. So apparently we're going to have to get into spoilers. So let's 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 finish up the, the no spoilers. Yeah, yeah, because give your, uh, We'll give you a review or your do your thing so and then... I will say that I went in having my movie experience ruined before the movie even started. <laughs> is this one of your personal movie stories? <laughs> I, I will... <laughs> I will just say that whoever designed the user the user interface on the kiosk at the theaters as a complete idiot who apparently never used the system to buy a ticket. Um, after five, Amanda has the same problem when we buy tickets. So. After five aborted attempts of trying to buy it through the kiosk, I finally got the ticket. Congratulations. I know. Then, in line buying popcorn. Yes. What size did you pick? A small. Small popcorn okay. with butter. And it was and, just and you. Ball of water. It was just me. Okay. There were two teenage boys yeah. in line in front of me buying popcorn. So they were buying candy and popcorn and drinks. So they went up with their candy, ordered their popcorn and their drinks, paid for it, and then walked away. Like it was Starbucks. Like you order, then you go down to the other <laughs> counter to pick up your... They're, they walk away, and the guy is scooping up the popcorn. He's yelling, do you guys want butter in your popcorn? And the two kids are too busy talking. And the guy's like, do you want butter in your popcorn? Finally, I like smacked the counter in front of them. I was like, do you want butter? <laughs> yeah. Duh, Tim. I know. And then he said, what drink do you want? And I had to get their attention again. He's like, what drink do you want? Oh, we want Coke. So what you're telling me is you're already pissed off. I was already pissed off. <laughs> Went into the movie hot. Yeah. And then the three teen girls to my right talking the whole time. During the movie? Oh, the entire time. Well, I had a guy that his mind was blown constantly the whole movie, which I thought was a joke, but then Amanda and I discussed it, and she thinks he was actually legitimately. Like, the scenes would happen. There were kind of just basic horror elements. I don't think he's ever seen a horror movie. And he went, whoa! And I thought at first, <laughs> he did it in such a way, I thought he was being sarcastic, but I think his mind was legitimately blown. Well, the lady to my left on every jump scare was like, oh, crap, at the end of it. Like it startled, it would startle her from the jump scare, and she'd say, "Oh crap! Oh crap!" My mom had to leave the theater. So, oh, that was my other spoiler. I watched it with my mom. Oh, 
So my dream of subjecting <laughs> so my dream of subjecting my mother to horrific movies and then asking her opinion is probably out the door because it got to just a tense build-up scene and she told my dad I can't watch this right now and got up and left. I was like, you didn't even see it. So no, I guess she will not be watching it. Follows with me. Do you bad. like the first half? I did, even though yeah, even though it's full of jump scares. <laughs> I don't like. I didn't say nope. Stop. Okay. Ten. There were too many jump scares for me, but I knew going into this, it's horror with a little H. Right. There's going to be jump scares because that's what gets but I, I do think the popcorn grinder fans. They dialed up the creepy in the second half. Uh, the, the second half is creepier than the first half. Eh, yeah. Popcorn grinder, I ate maybe a third of my popcorn because <laughs> I was bored. And it, it wasn't bored. Well, I thought like, you bore eat, though, it, too. It, it wasn't bored Captain Marvel bored. I'm like, well, I guess I could eat popcorn. It was just... I was eating it, and I just quit eating it. So you were bored through the first half where they're building up? Because one, the, one of the criticisms I saw was there's too much exposition at the beginning. Meaning? Like the first half. Well, they build up all this stuff about the rules of Pet Cemetery and the kind of the family and what they're doing, and then the last you know 20 minutes is horrific things, which I agree with, but I like the first half because it's it follows... To a certain point, without the spoiler, it follows the book well. But then it gets, it really gets off track quick. Based on this, I'm giving it a popcorn grinder score of... Medium popcorn. Medium popcorn, yeah. <laughs> no one knows yeah, it's, it's, this it's, arbitrary score system. Every movie gets a different, a different type of scale, uh, grinder scale, so maybe I should standardize these. And for my horror scale I am now that I just now made up on the spot, I'm giving it three plastic knives. Out of how many? Out of six. Oh, okay. <laughs> because you need a scale that goes to six. They're they're plastic because it's horror with a little H. Now, if it's horror with a big H, they'll be real knives with blood on them. These are just plastic movie prop knives. It's not like so it's, mad. Not- it's average. It's a, it got to a certain point in the movie where I just kind of shrugged and was like, "Yep, that's whatever. That's happening." I guess that's your board eating part. Right. But I think I hit that point later than you did, where it got to the part where everyone was like, "Oh no!" And I was kind of, "Yeah, okay." I don't know why they're doing that. But there you go. So there you go. And it did come in number two in the box office for the weekend. It Who beat it? it? Uh, Shazam. It us. Shazam beat it? Shazam had $53 million and Pet Cemetery had 25, $25 million. Well, that's a big divide. But those were the expectations. Those were they, they met expectations of the projections before the weekend. Oh. I mean, like I said, I went in. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised and I wasn't. But they ruined a lot of stuff in the trailer. So some of the surprises that they were teasing show I'm, you in the trailer. I don't think I saw the trailer. Oh, so I went in. Do you know ultra- what the Do you know what the changes are? Did you read it? I, I during my research today, I read how the the first movie is different than the second movie, and that Stephen King approved the changes. Yeah, he does that now because he doesn't care. He gets. <laughs> I read somewhere where he actually is one of the few authors that now has say over even casting of the movie. Wow. Because he I did, I, there was an interview with him and he was bashing The Shining like usual. At the end of the interview, they the reviewer said he now has so like it. He had a lot of authorial control over the movie. Does he get screenwriting credit or producer I credit? I never. They don't put those mid-credit jokes in like Marvel, so I don't stay. I did. St- I stuck around just in case. <laughs> no. Was there one? No, there oh, wasn't. Okay. Well, 
the actually the events happening at, at the seat next to me oh, were better ugh. halfway during Don't the be movie. Creepy. So halfway through the movie, the lady next to me who's going, oh, crap, during the jump scares is standing up and like looking around her chair and folding her blanket because it was the recliner blanket oh, type yeah. of theater. And I'm like, it's, it's not time to do laundry. We're watching a movie right now. Wait, that was in the movie she was doing? During the movie, she's oh. standing up and folding her blanket and digging around in her chair. It's like, <laughs> if you've lost your keys, wait until after the movie. So then she storms out and then her husband storms out. Uh-oh. Then he comes back and gets their popcorn and drinks. Yeah, because that's expensive. Yeah. And then, then as the credits are rolling, they come back in with two, the manager and an usher guy holding flashlights. And they're digging around in her chair, which is the one right next to mine. And she looked at me and she's like, it bit me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And they're digging around in the chair, moving the chairs out. And the manager's like, well, we treat the theaters once a week. Oh, no. So I... One, they're all crowded around me, so I go down a few seats just yeah. so I can see if there is going to be a, a after-credit scene thing. But I just started thinking, well, what was going on? What was biting her? The- bed bugs, Tim. Bed you, bugs. You, you don't feel the bed bugs until... Yeah, I know. But that's probably what she thought. Yeah, because with those blankets, who and knows? That's why he said we treat it. Yeah. But I don't know what they were digging for, what they're hoping to find, but... Yeah, what are they going to find? I don't, uh, if what, if like a, what if like a raccoon jumped out? That'd be cool. Well, one thing is... Maybe my, it was like the Tingler. Do you know about the Tingler? Yeah. Yeah. Where they'd, so that's, stab, that's, them, they'd stab them in the seats. Right. So this is what I'm thinking. My recliner did not recline. Oh, that's disappointing. And every once in a while during the movie, I was pushing a button to see if it would recline. And I wonder if the motor was actually vibrating her chair and she thought something was going on in her chair. And then she's like, I haven't felt like this in years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did put a quarter in the bed. <laughs> we have to have an E next to this episode. No, we just say, that's, that's, I used, never mind. (laughs) So, so there were no end of credit scenes or. No cats. I did like the cats. There were nine cats, I think I read. I thought in the credits there were about five. No, I think I read there was nine. Is that right? Is that what I told you? Nine, I think. That was a shrug from Amanda. Yeah, I think it was nine. Because Amanda thought they were mechanical and they weren't. No. They actually had different cats for different. So, like, they said one cat, and the director called them divas, quote-unquote, because they would bring the cats in, and each cat was specialized. So, like, one cat was the walk, cat walk, that... Walked left to right? And one yeah, walked. one cat was the one that stared. One cat was the one that hissed. One cat was the one... But he said they'd have to bring them in and spend 10 minutes. They'd set everything up, letting the cat... Because you can't direct cats. Like, sniff everybody, and they literally were just sitting there watching these cats for... However long it took the cats to get ready for the scene. But I like the cats. Like, every time they're on screen, I kind of laughed because I like, I like that cat. We'll cover that in the spoiler <laughs> section. The mangy cat? Yeah, the mangy cat. This concludes our spoiler-free review of Pet Cemetery. So after our review this far, I'm still giving it a C. You didn't change my mind. No, I didn't change, no. Of course, you went in with a C. You're, you're keeping a C as well? Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> it's a C. <laughs> Stick were around. You ex- wait, were you expecting me to have like a high score? I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought uh, you would give it better than a C. Yeah. It was it was all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, I don't think I would. It's better than the first. The, the original one's pretty hokey. I watched the trailer for the first one today. And yeah. I was, I was like. I know there's like cult horror fans out there that love it, but. Well, because this, this will lead us into a theory or 
philosophy thought process something I have about my problems with this movie, but that'll be in the spoiler section. Oh, okay. We'll rock we'll rock and roll to the spoiler. So you ready section. to move into spoilers? Yeah. So if you've not we'll, if you have we'll, not seen Pet Cemetery and you are not interested in hearing spoilers about the movie Spoilers. Then feel free to disconnect and stop this podcast. Spoilers. But you can always send us questions at podcast at org. Spoilers. What was that? I'm just whispering spoilers. spoilers it's subliminal. Yeah. So, oh, spoilers. And mind control. You can email us. You also can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, as Twitter. Film. Hit the Twitter up. Right. I post funny things all the time and no one ever likes them. Uh, and send us questions on those formats as well. If you are done with us and you don't want spoilers, then we'll see you next in a couple days with our regular episode. Ooh, summer Blockbusters. Summer Blockbusters. Because it's coming, folks. Go away. <laughs> now we're back. Boom. With spoilers. Oh, what's, this, what's the spoiler insert? The, I spoiler. Spoiler what? is spoilers. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers. Now we can be free to talk about the movie. Yeah. Now I don't want to. No, we do. <laughs> My, yeah, we do. The, I've had more time to process it than you because I watched it Friday. Yeah, and I've had I've had lots of driving in between. How did you keep that secret when I saw you Saturday at the movie and Friday? Oh my god, I saw you Friday after I saw the movie. You did? Oh, that's why you came in. No. Oh, it was, it was after the movie that I came in. <sighs> it's like a it's like when you buy someone a Christmas present that you know they'll like, <laughs> and then you just want to be like, I want to tell you what it is, but then you don't tell them what it is. Exactly. I wanted just I wanted it to be. The an experience and, yeah, for you so you could go ah oh, we can talk about it yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so anyway it felt to me like a 1980s movie why it's not set in the 80s no it's not set, but it feels like a movie i was the story was written in 83 yeah it's an 80s yeah. book but it feels like the type of horror movie and story that was told in the 80s but they're making it now i'm not saying it's placed in the 80s it felt like a story that was written in the eighties, and what was what was being done at that time in term in terms of horror movies. Missing children. I brought up so in nineteen eighty three, which was when the book that came out. <laughs> the note card. Note cards. <laughs> the horror movies that came out in nineteen eighty three. All right. Sleepaway Camp. Okay. Cujo. Yeah. Christine. Yeah. Videodrome. Psycho Two. The Hunger. The Dead Zone. None Jaws of those 3D, make sense at all. And Twilight Zone. Yeah. So What's I got to do with Pet Cemetery? So 1989, when <laughs> Cemetery came out, was Pet Cemetery, Shocker, Leviathan, Nightmare on Elm Street, Puppet Master, Halloween 5, Friday the 13th, 7, The Fly 2, and Sleepaway yeah, Camp 3. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street would have been like Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Nightmare on Elm Street came out in like 86. Yeah, you looked at your note card because it wasn't right, but I'm about to type on this. No, oh, you can type it Nightmare down. on Elm Street. 84. So that was probably uh, five. They churned those yeah. things out pretty right. quick, so it was probably five. But still, it, it, the this movie felt like a 1980s, a story written in the 1980s is what people were looking for in horror. It didn't feel like they modernized the story at all from the original content other than the, the wife has a cell phone in the movie. Which obviously she didn't mm, have in the novel. Mm, mm, mm. It just felt like the same type of horror that was written in, mm. in the 80s. No. Video drone? The guy puts a video cassette in the guy's chest. Yeah. But still, it's... Nightmare on Elm Street? 
And also, I also felt it suffered from the recent Ghostbusters movie where someone watched the original or read the book. Of the did, Ghostbusters? Yeah. And then did a quick, this is what happened in the story. Let's just go film it now. Wait, did they remake, like, well, we won't get into Ghostbusters. Right, but it was the, the one with Melissa McCarthy. No, I think what this movie suffered from is they were trying to bank off of the it. Because the, there's even that sign where they're sitting, she's sitting in traffic and they're like 20 miles to Derry. And they show the sign. I think they're trying to bank off of the success of it, and it part two is coming out in September. I think it is. But was this was this green greenlit before it came I don't, out? No, it was like two years ago. And this was, um, I think that because Stephen King's stock has suddenly gone up recently, and he's had a lot of like Gerald's Game is on Netflix, and then it, and then so I think it was just another. I just felt like someone read the book, wrote down the quick notes about this would happen, but in not because the they do all the spoilers. Oh, sorry. We're doing spoilers right. now. Yeah, we're doing but spoilers. But they do that shift where it's the daughter that dies instead of the son, which is... Right. I, uh, yes and no. It just felt like... If it the, felt the, like the, they the, were... The story felt very skip-stony. Like, they, they didn't get into any any depth of anything. That's because the movie would be three hours long. The book's like 500 pages. It's, that's it's, why the first half feels really slow for people, because that's... The first half is following the book fairly well, and then that last quarter of the movie feels real fast because it's not following it at all. The whole, like, I felt like they put a lot of stock and money banking on that weird twist of the daughter dying, and I felt like... But if I didn't know... They placed too much emphasis on it. Yeah, if you didn't know, it wouldn't matter. If I didn't know in the original that the son dies and not the daughter? Right. Which I think that guy sitting in the theater didn't know because he said, oh my god! Maybe he did. Maybe that's why he did it. He couldn't have known because he didn't even know like basic horror elements. When the music stops and the characters aren't moving, that means there's going to be a jump scare. That's kind of what I wanted to stand up and do like a PSA for all the horror people. Get ready. People. Get yeah. ready. They're going to scare you. When the you. music slows down and stops and there's something creepy about to happen, there's going to be a jump scare because it got him every time. Uh, maybe that's what happened to that lady. There's a jump scare and she peed herself. So that's then what she I was had to, wondering. Yeah, she had to be like, something bit me. What's all this water on the seat? I felt I felt like it relied too much on that daughter dying narrative that takes away from a lot of the key themes of the book, because the book is heavy on the doctor's inability to stop people from dying, essentially, and that's where you get the student that dies that gets hit by the car, and in the book you see him a lot more helping. It's it's almost like American Werewolf in London, where the friend keeps showing up in various right stages of decay this happens in the book but he kind of tells he's telling the doctor to help him because i never understood why what the dead student from the car accident that's right why he was there right well the motivation is in the book he's there to help protect the doctor from doing this burying the people or burying the cat or the dead animals in this section because the doctor tried to help him live because the, the, from what I remember is the student says the barrier is not supposed to be broken. Right. And that was supposed to be the message saying don't don't go up and bury well, it's, it works. Kid it works the, double, right? It's don't cross this barrier literally, but also don't cross the barrier of living and dead. Because when they come back, they're not what you buried. They're hollow. They explain that better in the book, I think. Where if, when they come back, they're kind of soulless because they'd already died. But if Judd knew that, why doesn't... That's what, that, yeah. And the, why doesn't the motiv- he tell them, 
there's a warning or don't do this or even why even show him at all it's like here's how to bring the cat back yeah because the motivation in the movie didn't there was like a whisper did you notice that there was like trees whispering and he kind of looks up there and then he's like let's go up here and bury this cat like, what yeah then the, the the doctor character was very flat because they didn't and the doctor can't be can't be <clears throat> the first person who ever thought of i'm gonna take my dead pert my dead sibling spouse but child. that's the but that's the appeal of the novel though is the whole idea of grief because he you know as a doctor you see death all the time and this and that well in the book what really affects him and kind of drives it all is that kid dying because he's he's in a what he feels is a safe place from the emergency room but then when they bring the bloody kid in it shocks him because he says something like I, I wasn't expecting to see that this here right and so in the book that's kind of where where and even in the movie that's where everything starts turning weird that's that horror turn where now you're not in the land of the real anymore so cats can come back from the dead but in the book he kills the cat and he kills his son because his son's the one that gets hit right and the son comes back but it works in the book because the son isn't old enough to talk so when he comes back there's no there's not this bizarre like zombie child talking to him because he literally can't talk it's just kind of not the kid is not right and he goes and like saws the guy's tendon off and all that. But then a lot of the rest of the mo- or the book is him kind of following this kid around with this injection needle to put it to sleep, essentially. So there's this whole story of him like struggling with the kid. Like, does he kill his kid again? And here he killed the cat. And so, in but the- in the movie, it gets really so bizarre. In, in the book, it doesn't end the way the movie, the movie ends. No. So in the mo- in the book, um, he kills the son because the son had already killed his wife, and so how did a two year old kills kill? the cat? Oh, with an I think it was a knife. He kills he kills because they're like it's more not that they have powers, but they're stronger because it's right. But it's supernatural. Okay, and but you accept like- it at this point in the book because all this other weird stuff has happened. There you now accept. Well, his kids Terminator just drove by again. He's lost. Um, he's yeah, he's looking for John back. Connor. <laughs> Are you Sarah Connor? But by the time he kills the mom, and I think if I remember right, it was a while since I read the book, but it plays a lot on the mom gets close to the kid because she thinks it's her son again, and then the kid does the you know stabbing her child's play style or whatever. At the end, once he kills the son and he finds out his wife's dead, he goes and buries his wife in there, and then the last scene in the book is he hears the front door open because his wife comes back. That seems like a more satisfying ending than what we get in this movie. Yeah. Because I don't feel... Because then all, you threw away all of the themes of... The way this is, where it just turns into, like, zombie fest at the end. Where, like, the daughter... It's, he tries to kill the daughter, and then the the zombie wife kills him, and then he turns into a zombie, and then they all show back up with the cat, and it's like get, a zombie... son. Yeah, it's like zombie family. So is the whole town not going to turn they all, Yeah, they're all going to be... <laughs> they're just going to start converting people to zombies. It ruins the deeper subtext of King's novel, I think, where the beginning builds that up where you're seeing, oh, there's family trauma and then he's trying to deal. He can't save people even though he's a doctor, but then it throws out the window and it turns into like zombie horror fest. So in the movie, he can't save one person. I believe in the book, too, it goes deeper into his emergency room stuff where he was tired of well, it goes seeing back to trauma. What I was talking about in the first part where I didn't feel... 
like they were the actual parents of these kids that these these were kids they ended up having to adopt because someone else died because there's no relationship <laughs> there's that, a twist <laughs> you're not the, our the, kids the parents anyway. the parents don't they don't interact <laughs> with the parents as if they're their parents and the parents act like they don't know how to deal with these kids that's because they were like i said they were front-loading a lot of information to get to creepy cat and creepy well, and then the the wife's the whole the wife's sister story well that's in the book that's right. that followed that a lot but again, if something that traumatic happened to you as a, how, how what, seven years old? Yeah, she's seven or eight. They didn't put her in therapy? Maybe they did. I don't know. Because it seems like the Maybe husband's like, I know what happened and, and you need to get over that. Or his, his, yeah. Them showing his, he's the emotionless because he's seen so much death that. They also briefly gloss over that afterlife discussion with, uh, it's heavier in the book where he's clearly atheist or agnostic and his right. wife believes in afterlife and so that's kind of the play on these creatures are these all you can call them creatures are coming back from the dead which kind of shakes his belief system when and that's judd, where he when judd is in his house we'll talk about that in another minute but yeah he has the when ellie is his wife yeah that suggested to me that judd tried to bring his wife back through the burial ceremony Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't it it know. seemed like maybe I, I don't remember that in the. Then book. he tried that and ended up having to kill her. That's that's in in the ten seconds it was on the screen. That's the the story I built. Yeah, about. I didn't like that part where her face her face turned into the his wife that you right. never saw the whole movie. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that was needed. Really, unless like, I get unless, why they made the creatures the gr- are able to transform and mess with your mind as to what you're seeing. That doesn't happen. That's not real. That wasn't even set up in like the rules that they set up at the beginning, you know what I mean? Right. That that that's part um, of why. It I guess I I get scene. to a certain point why you make the daughter in this modern adaptation of it, why you make her the zombie because um, she can talk and whereas if you had twenty minutes of a toddler walking around with a knife, it's kind of laughable at this point. It's laughable in the, I mean, it's laughable in the first movie when he. There's a scene where I think it's the the wife is walking up the stairs and like this, uh, cr- the attic door flies open and this kid's just standing there with a knife and like jumps down and it looks so goofy and fake. But then how the how do you get in the attic? That's why. Yeah, it's it's laughable. So I I could see why they would make it more an older child who can do things like dance around to the sugar plum fairy and stuff like that in the book. Again, this is where I get back to where I don't feel Stephen King books always adapt well because he's a really good storyteller, but some of his stuff aren't visually appealing or is it too much content? So you can't do it in two. In well, some of them movie. are really you long. Need, you need to do a mini series. Yeah. But you don't shining or what was the other one? The stand. But when you're reading it, it's different because you're getting a lot of interior monologue. You're getting a lot more feeling in it. And it's not when you're imagining a zombie kid walking around stabbing. It's not as laughable in your mind than seeing it displayed on the screen in a 1989 movie with a toddler walking around. Because like you said, how would a toddler kill a girl? Eh, you just kind of kick them or whatever. But the only thing I think of is mom's asleep in bed. And the kid climbs up in bed and starts stabbing her while she's asleep. That's it was only, some, like that's I said, I think I, I remember see. it was something she was drawn in because she thought it was the actual kid, and then he stabbed her and something like that. I forget. Going back anyway. to a, a previous, uh, I had a, I put a landmark in our in, in my babbles. 
<laughs> you, have, you, you, you have mental landmarks. Yeah. You never, ever, 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 ever get to complain about a 20-minute starting the engine in Avengers movie scene ever again. Having to suffer yes, through John Lithgow, spend 20 minutes walking around his house for absolutely no reason. <laughs> no, that's... There was no reason no, for no, him to no. walk around his house. Pause, pause, pause. That is horror with a little H, Tim. That's the same as Avengers. That's Avengers fixing a fixing an engine. That's just the trope of the genre at this point. Horror with a little H. You have to have him wander around because I know you're up the, there. Is the kid under the bed? Nope. Up oh, there it is by the stairs. Like, and there's another scene that's horror the, with the, a little the, H that went excessively long yeah, with nothing going on, and there's no reason for it to happen. That's. I think that was the, the father when the father was doing something for forever. That's to build tension for people that it didn't. For the popcorn grinders out there, they're like, this is getting scary. Like my mom. My mom got up and left. She goes, I can't watch this. And I was like, no. during, during literally the, nothing happened. During the 20 minutes of him walking around it was the house? part. It was the part where you knew the daughter was coming back at that point. Or you should have. Um, because you see muddy footprints. And they show the muddy, footpr- muddy footprints for like 10 minutes. Are they muddy or are they bloody? Uh, both, probably. My mom was literally like covering her eyes, and then finally she said, I can't watch this, and got up and left. But then you still didn't really see anything. So what was the deal with the basement of the house? The basement kept playing a role, because he saw the... He heard noises down there, and there was well, the, the darkened hallway. That well, the, the dead was guy in. was down there, wasn't he? And then the daughter was down there, and the cat was down the there. the basement's a horror. I don't know if they were implying this is the burial, burial grounds. I No. Because uh, basements are creepy, so therefore... Yes. I, that's that's the best they could do with that. No, there's always basement. Like it it there's a base. There's always basements. Yeah. All right, basements are scary for you when you're a kid, aren't they, Tim? No. Do you want me to get into like Freudian psychology about the basement of the house representing the unconscious and? Not today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little deeper than the movie was portraying it. Yeah, because I, I I was trying to make some connection as to why, what, how the basement was playing in the story, and you're telling me because it's a little H. Yes, that's the only that's the only yes. reason the basement. Because if it, okay, so if you were gonna film a horror movie, and I said, Tim, your audience is people who want to be scared, quote unquote, but they don't want to be disturbed. Where are you gonna set it? Well, let's start in a house. Where are the scary places, Tim? And you're gonna say the attic, and I'll go, all right. And you're gonna say the living room, and I'm going, nope. And you're gonna say the, the bathroom, laundry room, and I'll say maybe the bathroom, and you'll go because well, that way you close the mirror and you see the person behind you. Yeah, that's the jump scare part, so you got to use that, right? But then you'll say the basement is creepy, and I'll say yeah, it is, because everyone recognizes that the basement is scary. See, the basement in the house I grew up in was our living room, so that, that's not scary. It's, exactly. So I don't have. But these... normal people's basements are scary. Okay, <laughs> I lived in a house with a scary basement as an adult. It looked like a Saul torture chamber, without like the torture stuff. So, so my last, my the last thing I want to say is, you really talk like this movie is not a C movie. You talk like it's a D movie. <laughs> but well, B... The first half is a D. I didn't like the first oh, half. Because oh. all it was was jump scares to me. It's like, okay, There I wasn't get, that many jump scares. There were 17 scares. No. in the first 30 minutes. I counted them in my me- imaginary mind. You didn't count them. This is the floating <laughs> Tyrannosaurus argument all over again. <laughs> there, there were a lot of... Un- there were, there were unnecessary... It's horror with a little H. Right. And then I did feel the second half at least put the jump scares away. Yeah. And built on other mood-inducing yeah. creepiness besides the jump scares, which become laughable to me. No, they're laughable anyway. Right. So the second half, to me, saved the movie. Uh, from getting a see, I'm the opposite. I think the first was the best part. 
I don't I don't like when it turned into action film. We take your liking of the first half and we combine and them. My liking of the second half, it gets a B. It gets the same same because it still gets it's a the same movie. <laughs> The one thing I will say that is if a child is run over by a tanker, there's not going to be a thing left. She got bounced. She didn't get run over by the tanker. And then the tanker slipped off its base. When the, I thought the, she got, like, no, but the, the, smeared. The, 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 the truck jackknifed. Yeah. And then the tanker part slid off the base. If the, if the tank is that disconnected from the base, that made no sense to me. <laughs> I kind of think the tanker is welded to the wheels. I was more worried about her limbs being ripped off. Yeah. There wouldn't be much. I think in the book, when the kid gets hit by the car, I don't think there's. I think there's a lot of stitching and which they kind of show with her head with the staples. But in the book, the kid does not look. The review I read today, talking, I think, is with the director. When two Ste- of them. There's two when, directors. Yeah, when Stephen King gave them permission to kill the daughter, not the son, because yeah. he's like, yeah, it makes sense. The girl, because it all, it, all, it all ends up in the same place anyway. Doesn't matter which kid dies. And the director said, well, we intentionally didn't have any blood because we didn't want to... We wanted to build on the emotions of the scene and not have... Horror little H. Yeah. (laughs) Impression I got, especially since she was thrown into the grass along the side of the road, that she was... The the tanker hit her and bounced her instead of like... Yeah, I'm guessing she got like grazed or something. But I was just... The way it was shot from the extreme overhead, it looks like... It looks like she gets... She's under it. And I'm like, oh, there's... You're smeared. Yeah, that's... Yeah. There won't be anything to bury in Pet Cemetery. Well, you, could sh- you're, you you're can bury shop- this movie. You can bury this movie and it'll come back as a bad yeah. one. And, and no, don't don't put it. <laughs> don't give don't, them ideas. Don't, don't bury it. <laughs> It'll come back next it up and through the screen is filled with skulls. <laughs> nah, it was fine. It was it, whatever. I shrugged. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was, it was I'm, fine. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it on the big screen. Yeah. I don't think it would work well. Nah. You, you need that being in a room full of people saying, oh, crap. <laughs> I, and, that was a little annoying to me, but. Yeah. Or your mother running away. That was funny. <laughs> she ran off. So, Mom, if you're listening, get ready for it. Follows. We'll screen it in the Mayflower. That's a different type of... Is that a capital H? That's capital H. That's capital H. This concludes our somewhat random review <laughs> of Pet Cemetery. Not as random as Captain Marvel. That we both walked away with... A, a shrug. We gave it a shrug. Giving it a C. Yeah. This, yeah it doesn't a C. even get a... Is that... Standing ovation versus shrugs. Is that our new scale? Uh, we'll just come up with scales. That'll be good. Uh, yeah. I got scale? floppy knives and yeah. floppy knives and real knives. Get it? If you made it through this far, go back a little bit and hear our email address and our <laughs> Instagram and Twitter so you can contact us with questions, comments. Let us know when we were stupid or when we were dead on. Always a dead on. Yeah. <laughs> This concludes this podcast. (laughs) I need a beer for that.